The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Welcome back to It Sure Is A Beautiful Day. Ah, and is it beautiful? It is December. We are getting into the whole fa-la-la of it all. I hope you all feel the same. How did it get to be December? How did this happen? Well, here we are, believe it or not, wrapping up this last year. And I I have to say I'm coming to you today feeling kind of high, feeling really excited because one of my goals for 2021 was to create and design and produce and offer and share something beautiful with you all. The EVJ times cat baguette set is officially available now. And I'm just so happy. I feel very fulfilled and I'm excited because I get to offer this to all of you at a really cool price point. It's so beautiful. You've probably seen this on my my Instagram and all my socials in the last couple of days. But I was able to kind of go through this creative experience with a woman I had admired for years, Ellie Vale of Ellie Vale Jewelry. I have been wearing their jewelry and their earrings, rings, necklaces, all of the above. I was first introduced to Ellie Vale Jewelry by my stylist back at E. I was always rocking the jewelry and and if it was a red carpet event and then eventually just in my day-to-day life. And so we just put our minds together and came up with these gorgeous necklaces and bracelets. And they're so quintessentially holiday. It's the bling. It's really bright and shiny. And we were able to give some away for free last week. So anyway, I wanted you to know this woman that I worked with. She is really badass. She has sensational taste. She has built her business literally from the ground up. She bootstrapped this thing. She dropped out of college She listened to that inner voice, that inner pull to do what she loved. And what started out as an Etsy business, you know, literally from her mom's bedroom or a bedroom at her mom's house, I should say, she created what is now a thriving business with A-list celebrities wearing her pieces. And the coolest thing as it pertains to you guys and what I think is so exciting is that this is really affordable jewelry, but it's quality jewelry. So this isn't something you wear once and then it turns green and then you like are like literally throwing it out. It's well-crafted, it's beautiful, and she figured out the secret sauce. So 
I'm in conversation today with Ellie Vale. You'll hear us talk all about her story as becoming an entrepreneur, being a founder, what it's like managing her business, how she's done that through the pandemic. And you'll get to hear us talk about our collaboration and how it came to be and how you can get it. So this brings me a lot of joy, a lot of joy this time of year to be able to share all of this with you. And I hope it goes without say that I I appreciate you. I'm grateful for you, your support of this show, your support of my projects and ventures and offerings, like really means a lot to me. It really does. So I hope you know that. And I I feel like I'm getting emotional because I'm just... I'm in a I'm in a spirit of appreciation and and love. So without further ado, I know you're gonna enjoy this combo. Here is Ellie Vale. Well, you guys, I am I'm excited for many, many reasons today to have this guest because not only has she created one of my absolute favorite jewelry lines in the world, but she is a kick-ass human with impeccable taste. And we finally got to work together and produce something for the people, which we're going to talk all about. So everybody, please welcome of Ellie Vale Jewelry, Ellie Vale. Hi. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So excited. I mean, we have so much to talk about. I always like to kind of start with just how are you? Like, how are you really doing? How are you today? And you're in Florida. So set the scene where you are and and how you how you're doing. Well, it sure is a beautiful day over here <laughs> in sunny South Florida. I'm in our executive offices with a gorgeous window of the parking lot. Mm. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to say the ocean. Not exactly, but one day. No, we're not there yet. One day. Um, in Boca Raton and I'm doing good. We just wrapped up Black Friday week, Cyber Monday. So, you know, it's been, it's been fun, but it's been amazing. I mean, you know, I covered up all my grays and I put on my eye cream just for, <laughs> just for this podcast. So I'm doing amazing. Well, I'm going to have to show a little of this video because you're always dripping, obviously, in all of the best jewelry that you have created, but I am wearing a little special something. I hope you can see it. I think you might have one of these on also the EVJ cat collection. But before we tell everybody about our exciting partnership, um, I just kind of want to get to know you a little bit and, and find out, you know, so many listeners love to hear from other women who have you know, worked really hard and built something cool. And, you know, we know it's not all light lifting and we know there are a lot of challenges along the way. And, you know, so, but to go back because you have this gorgeous aesthetic and this wonderful company, but like, I'm curious as a young girl, like what were your creative influences? I mean, would your friends from your childhood be surprised that this is where you landed and this is where you ended up or, or what were you like then? And, and, and what did you think you'd be doing? Yes and no. I mean, I've always been creative. I grew up in a very creative family. So naturally I feel like it's in my blood to just be creative and create anything and everything. So I was raised with a very creative family. Like we would go on the weekends to craft stores and like that was our thing where we'd be able to like raid the halls of Michael's and my mom would be like, pick whatever crafts you want for the weekend. And we would, you know, do it all. So it kind of like stemmed from my childhood in that sense. 
in terms of fashion, I've always loved it. My mom was in retail. She opened up one of the first Nordstrom stores, actually. And she's always had an intense and crazy sense of style. Like some of her photos, like way back in the day. I mean, I'm like so mad she got rid of half of her wardrobe. That's another topic. So she is, you know, just been a a fashion girl her whole life. So again, in my blood, but growing up with not a lot of money, I had to really be creative with how I put outfits together and how I accessorized because I couldn't just go to Bloomingdale's or the nice stores and get clothes. I just couldn't afford it. Mm. So I went to a lot of thrift stores and kind of like created outfits and cut jeans and like really had to be creative to make, you know, my style come alive. And I really, I always got compliments on my outfits, which was so funny because I was like, that's actually from the dumpster, but thanks. (gasps) No, No it wasn't that aggressive. It wasn't that aggressive, but the goodwill was literally on my list of like weekly visits. So that is so cool. So you were kind of out of need kind of forced to be innovated if you wanted to look good and feel good. So that became kind of your thing. Yeah. Well, it also like challenges your creativity because to walk into a store where things are merchandise and they have a whole team doing it, it's, I'll take that, you know, when you don't have that, you have to create it. So I would look at photos and, you know, try to like recreate things that I saw definitely forced me to be more creative, which I think has helped with everything else. Do you still ever make a drive-by over at Goodwill today? Yeah, Yeah, I do. They have like all the best vintage Levi's for like $9. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I feel like that my son, he really is into fashion for a 16 year old. And he's always like going and like recycling clothes. I kind of love it because he, he, the same thing. He like knows what he likes and he identifies things and puts it together. And I think there is a whole there's a whole kind of space there, even more so today where people are loving like the vintage finds and all that stuff. So, so that's really cool. And the Goodwill in Boca Raton, Florida. I mean, (laughs) I got a a leather Prada skirt there for 12 bucks once. Woo. Okay. Okay. Pro tip is go to the nice areas and see if they have a Goodwill. That's such a good tip. Oh my gosh. You're right. First guys. I wonder if Beverly Hills has a a goodwill. Something tells me there's one somewhere. Oh my gosh. We'll be right back. It's the holidays. And if you guys are in it like me... You are fa-la-laing through the season um, and trying to make everything extra bright, but you're also probably trying to manage a lot of extra stress and a lot of extra pressure and a busy schedule. And if you're like me, you're trying to fit in your hot yoga in between it all. Um, But on the subject of CBD, I want to talk about the benefits of that because it is really hard to find reliable products. Papa and Barkley creates award-winning CBD solutions for stress, for pain, for sleep, just for everyday wellness. Um, I went to Disneyland a couple weeks ago with my family, and I think we actually walked 20,000 steps that day. I got home, my legs were aching, my toes, I could barely feel them. And I went to one of my favorite products, the Papa and Barkley Relief Body Oil. I rubbed that all over my legs, all over my feet, my ankles, my toes. 
And I felt so much relief. I am obsessed with this line of CBD products. I love the story as well. You know, Papa and Barkley founder Adam Grossman created the groundbreaking relief balm, like a signature product of theirs, to ease his father's debilitating back pain. From that powerful homemade balm, they expanded to a full line of topical balms, oils, tinctures, and capsules. All of them made with 100% natural, clean ingredients and whole plant, full spectrum CBD. In fact, today they're the number one cannabis wellness company in California. And with their new CBD relief line, they can ship nationwide. Their CBD relief balm that I just mentioned, that delivers hours of comfort with simple plant-based ingredients in an at-home use test with over like 300 participants. Those users reported a 40% reduction in daily discomfort in just one week using that balm. That's why the award-winning CBD oil relief drops is their fastest metabolizing daily wellness option for easing daily stress, discomfort, and just supporting a good night's sleep. I mean, we need that all year long, but we especially need it in December. Papa and Barkley is on a mission to improve lives through CBD in its purest, cleanest form possible. Go to papaandbarkleycbd.com slash day for 20% off your first purchase. That's 20% off for new customers at P-A-P-A and B-A-R-K-L-E-Y-C-B-D.com slash day. What's up, well-beings? I'm Kelly Noonan-Gorris, and this is The Heal Podcast. Every Thursday, I interview the leading experts in health and healing, as well as real people with extraordinary healing stories. Whether you want to heal a physical diagnosis, a mental health issue, a past trauma, or heal our planet, the Heal Podcast is for you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answers you've been searching for. You can follow us on Instagram at at HealDocumentary and at Kelly Gores, and catch episode clips on Heal Documentary's YouTube channel. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday anywhere podcasts are found. So you were into fashion, you were creating. When did you discover that this is something that might be part of your livelihood? What did you study and when did you, what became your track, I guess? Yeah, so I didn't study any of this. I wasn't the best student, to be honest. Struggled with academics a lot. In college, I actually dropped out. I did not finish. I was a few credits shy of my AA, actually. I was studying business so that I always planned on having a backbone in business because I knew I, I could apply to anything and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was hoping I could do something on my own, but obviously I wasn't like, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur and make it. <laughs> right. So that was the idea was to just have you know a business background. I always work in, worked in retail and fashion. So I assumed it would be something along those lines. So I ended up dropping out of college and going back to retail and just working as like a sales girl and doing some merchandising. And I just, I wanted a break from that. I've been doing that for like 10 years. and I didn't really feel like I could like climb the corporate ladder from where I was. I just didn't really see many opportunities there. So I ended up taking like an office job just randomly, which totally like diverted from anything that I would have done. So I was a little all over the place and being that I was so unhappy with my office job that had, you know, I had no creativity. I was doing like Excel reports all day for like medical device sales. It was not fun. It forced me to like need to be creative. 
So I ended up going to a random jewelry making class. I don't even remember how I heard about it. I think like Groupon or something. And I made a necklace after work one day. And it was like the most random thing ever. But again, I've always been like crafty and stuff. So like that wasn't random, but like making the necklace and being in jewelry and then it turning into what it is was the most random thing ever. Wow. Yeah. Zero plans. Wow. Okay. A couple questions. If you were that close to finishing college, was there some reason you were like, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm (laughs) quitting because you know, parents, friends, people might be like, wait, you've gotten this far. Why, why stop now? Like, was there a pivotal thing that you're like, arms up, I'm out of here. This, you know, I'm just going to go do it my way or or was what happened? Yeah. So I was again, really not a good student. I was failing like almost all of my classes and it's tough to continuously fail and feel like you can't get out of it. Right. Like obviously we'll get into failures and all of that down the line in terms of business, but to repetitively fail and not feel like you're doing anything where you're, you know, you're shining. And I knew like, I'm not a good student. Like, and I keep failing here. So I recognized that like, maybe this isn't the area for me. And I'm not like, I know I can be successful at something. I'm not a failure. I'm just not doing well here. So I actually failed an astrology class, which is actually very hard. It's all physics. Shouldn't have taken that. (laughs) But that was, that was the pivotal moment for me where I was just like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And I, and I felt stupid because when you think about astrology, you're like, you don't realize it's all physics. It kind of sounds like it'd be easy, which is why I picked it. So I felt like a real, like, I felt really stupid that I failed that. So that was just, you know, the nail in the coffin for me. And I was like, I'm going to go put myself in an environment where I can thrive and it's probably creative and I'm going to figure it out. And so you did the office job as kind of like a placeholder till you started to figure out your life. Cause obviously you're young, you need money, you do the office thing. Isn't it interesting though, I hear from so many people and even myself included with my own story where it's like, at least you're out there, at least you're working. And so often that's where we find the light because it's like, this is what I don't want to do. Like you have to, it's through the process of elimination. Like a lot of people find themselves at a cubicle and, you know, filing papers or doing Excel, like you mentioned. And then it's like, hell no, I am not going to have a life of this. And so then that, that fire gets, you know, ignited and you're fueled to go, all right, what do I want to do? And how, how crazy that you're like, Hmm, I'll take a jewelry making class. And then the first necklace, the first of many. Backtrack for a second. I just realized because I'm dyslexic that I said astrology class and I meant astronomy. So for the record. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. Probably why I failed that class. You're like, I thought we were going to talk about being a Virgo. <laughs> talk about being the smartest in the room. Oh my gosh. Oh, you know what? I didn't even catch it. That's, listen, I'm clearly, I'm a words person and I'm a journalist. So the science went woo way over my head too, girl. Don't you worry. Oh my gosh. All right. So back, back on track. I think it's way more important to find out what you don't like rather than finding out what you do like. It's a lot easier to find out what you like. And I think also what's important is change, which is scary. So I had always been in retail and I was comfortable with it. So if all else fails, I'll just go back to doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like, making that change, which was like most random change, 
also like opens the path for my journey. It really like opened up the door to something amazing. And I feel like if you're just in the same routine, doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're not even going to have opportunities show up a lot of the times. So completely. We, we talk about that a lot here on the show is like that discomfort, that getting uncomfortable, all of that stretching is where the magic is at the end of the day. Once you, you know, cause you can be complacent, you can settle, you can, you know, if you really want to just go through a life doing what, you know, I guess that's fine if that's what some people want, but, but it sounds like you were in tune with yourself enough to go, what is it I really, really want to do? So how did you then, I'm sure it's not an overnight story, but go from learning how to make a necklace for the first time to actually breaking into the jewelry business? So again, I was making a few necklaces at this local store and I made some for friends who were complimenting me. And then this was right around the time where Etsy was, you know, coming up. So I decided to just sell on Etsy as like a part-time like side hustle. I was doing this office job that I needed, knew it. And this was fun for me and I could make some extra cash. So I didn't put too much pressure on it. I just kind of had fun with it. And it started doing really well. And to a point where I was actually making more from my Etsy store than I was making from this crap job (laughs) that I hated. So that's when the light turned on to quit the job and to try to figure out how to make this a real thing, um, which is what I did. So I decided I wanted to do something different with jewelry. I was struggling with sensitive skin and not having a lot of money where you can't buy, you know, solid gold necklaces. It just wasn't something I could afford. And there was no real middle ground. There was nothing that was, you know, affordable, but really high quality. It was either the crap fashion jewelry that turns green and you have it for the weekend or you're buying a fine piece of jewelry. So neither of those options worked for me. So I wanted to create something to fill that problem for myself and if I was going to really make this a business, I figured that would probably be the best route. Less competition and I could bring something new to the marketplace. So that was the whole thing. I mean, what, what was I going to do? What was it going to be? Was it a material? So that's kind of something I didn't know. I just knew I, I had to find a solution. And again, another random place in a random situation. I was at a nail salon and looked down and I saw the cuticle cutters in a dish of water. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't notice anything at first when I put two and two together. And I was like, why is that metal not rusting? Because with, you know, low quality fashion jewelry, the metal, the underlying metal rusts or corrodes. And then obviously the plating doesn't hold to that. So it's usually the underlying metal that's the culprit. So I, I really wanted to know what that metal was because it had been sitting in water and obviously nothing's happening to it. And it was stainless steel. So I had never heard about stainless steel being like a metal for jewelry. It's like always like sinks and pots and pans, like spatulas. So I was like, that's interesting. So I ended up doing research on that and trying to see if that was even possible. And there were a few manufacturers overseas that said they manufactured stainless steel for jewelry and they could do whatever I wanted essentially. So I did some random testing. Again, never even knew what I was doing. I just had some conversations and kind of went with it. Got samplings of jewelry. Some were flops and some were really, really good. And 
that was basically the start of it. Wow. Okay. What year are we in? When, how long ago was that? I know it's like, what, what day is it? <laughs> no, yeah. I, I guess we're in 2021 now, but it was about was seven this? years ago. Okay. 2014-ish. Okay. Oh my gosh. And you also, you just, that piece where you hear that people who have businesses that succeed identify that missing piece in the market, right? Like that's exactly what you did. You're like, here I can serve people and create an offering that doesn't exist. And therein lies a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because when I think about that mentality and that like idea or that concept, it's funny, like then when I felt like I was stupid and like failing out of school and like just was not cut out to like do anything spectacular, like hearing that was like the most business minded decision. Like I'm so proud of my 23 year old self then to be like, you know, there's obviously a gap, like who am I? There's obviously a gap in the market. I need to, you know, find this niche in order to be successful. And it's, I don't, I don't even realize, like think I realized that like it was part of who I was and who I am. I just had to, you know, let it fester and grow. Grow. Yeah. All right, guys, back in a minute. I want to talk to you about a new product from the multivitamin company you know and you trust, Ritual. Introducing Essential Protein, which is here to shake things up. I love this new product, not just because it's, you know, another key foundation to my overall health, but it has a great taste. You just pop it into water, you shake it, and you sip it. You deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why you're putting it in there, right? So with this one-of-a-kind visible supply chain, you'll always know what is in their formulas, where the ingredients come from, and why they are included. This is a thoughtful, purpose-built formulation. Clean, plant-based formulas specifically created to support nutrient needs of different life stages, you know, 18+, plus. whether you're pregnant, whether you're in postpartum, whether you're over 50... 20 grams of pea protein plus a complete amino acid profile. It's made with essential choline, which helps to fill all those dietary gaps that are almost impossible to avoid. So why not shake up your ritual to make trying something new a little less scary? Ritual offers a money back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, my listeners get 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash cat to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash cat. And now back to our conversation. You are alone at this point, I presume, and you have this idea. And like you said, you're starting to roll things out. You know, it's trial and error, obviously. And then when and how did you decide to actually coin Ellie Vale jewelry? And how much help did you have? And how scared were you? Or were you like, this is it. I found my thing. Balls to the wall. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. I was both. I was so terrified, but like also so confident and, but I was very naive. 
I think that that was honestly the biggest blessing is that if I knew everything that I knew now, I probably would have tiptoed or not even went down the road because there's a lot that comes with it that's not so nice all the time. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it was both. I just was balls to the wall. I quit my job. So I was like, I got to make this work. I mean, having that fire under your ass really sets you straight. So I, I just was Googling a bunch of stuff and watching videos. I'm a very visual kind of learner, which is probably why I didn't do well in school. It was totally different. So I was actually learning a lot through videos and YouTube videos and reading blogs and kind of just reading what other people were doing and trying it myself. And that's kind of how I learned how to start and and grow the business. And yeah, it was a lot of trial and error, a lot of failure. I didn't really know what I was doing. And seven years later, there's a lot of times where I still don't know what I'm doing. I know a lot more now, but it's still a lot of times you're like, what am I doing here? What's, Mm -hmm. what's What's the answer to that? But yeah, so it went from Etsy to needing to host my own site and really becoming more legit, right? So having to build a website and going from there. And yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, you're like sitting down and you're like, all right, now it's time to start this business. It's like nobody, you know, preps you for that. So it's really just asking your questions to good old Google and just trying different things. And once you start seeing a little you know, movement and seeing a few things work and even things that aren't working, you start to just get going in a direction and pivoting from there. Were you doing this like out of your bedroom at this point? Like, what was that like? And I think a lot of people, you know, who want to become entrepreneurs or have business ideas, the financial piece can be so daunting that it sometimes just prevents them from even doing it all together. It's like, how, how much money do I need to even do the thing I want to do before you ever even start making money? So where did you get the money or, you know, did you loan credit card? Did you, you know, what, how, how dire was it? And where were you, if you can paint the picture, cause I always find that so interesting. Well, to be detailed, I was in my mother's spare bedroom, which was my brother's old room. And we had not redone the house. So there was still like this creepy wallpaper of like books, but they weren't real. It was wallpaper. That was the room that was LA Bill Jewelry. It was super on brand. (laughs) (laughs) It was tiny. It was probably like, I don't know, just a really tiny square room. And I was living at home with my mom. I was about 23. She was charging me like 500 bucks rent. It's a pretty good deal. And she did allow me to start the business out of there. And I was shipping and was like doing a, a lot of business out of her house for some time, but obviously to get started, that's where it happened. And I didn't have any money. I don't come from money at all. I'm com- I come from a single mom who raised three kids. She did not give me a dollar. I remember buying my first Nikon to be able to shoot my jewelry myself, $600. I was like, oh my God, I'm broke. Like how, how am I going to afford this? Like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to pay this off. I did have a credit card with a couple thousand dollar limit, but no money. This was totally bootstrapped, um, which is how I suggest anybody start a business. I got to the point where the business started making a little bit of money and paying for itself. I never had any debts, but I also went really slow and I didn't get an office. I didn't get employees. I didn't have a lot of overhead. So I didn't necessarily need a lot of money to start. And I started really small. 
that's like one of the biggest misconceptions is people think you have to do it big from the start. It's like, no, that's, that's a problem usually because you want to start slow and steady and have like not a lot of overhead, not a lot of responsibility because you're still figuring things out. So yeah, it was bootstrapped and the business has always since day one been able to support itself, which has been amazing. I wasn't always able to pay myself. Yeah, That's another story. Right. I was always able to support itself. And who, if anyone, did you go beyond Google and YouTube? Was there a person or a mentor or anybody in your life who was really business savvy that you could you bounce all of this off of? No. Wow. And I wish to God I had that. I do, but I also don't because hindsight 2020, it's like if I did have all this insight and all this advice, would I have made the same decisions? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I do think it would have made it a lot easier if I had somebody who had some sort of blueprint for me to follow or somebody who I could go to just for advice or just to talk about yeah. you know, a rough day as being an entrepreneur and eating peanuts for like six months. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. When did you decide what kind of the mission of of LA Vale Jewelry would be beyond kind of filling this gap in the market. And obviously your pieces, your designs, your aesthetic, everything is just really spot on and trendy and it's super cool girl and like all the things. But like now that you've been at this for a while, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are different layers and different seasons of a business where it's like, okay, now I just want to survive. You know, I just want to have this out there. And then I, you know, the functionality piece, but then but then you have to, this is like your baby. This is your life. And you are the single female founder of this. And now you've been at it for a while. So, so how has your mission kind of shifted? And as you've grown, I guess. So originally when I started the business, the name is my first name and Vale is my middle name. The logo, I had actually made the logo myself and the arrow on Photoshop kind of by accident fell there. I was playing around with some different clip arts and I ended up positioning it where it is, but it wasn't supposed to be there. I didn't plan for that. And then when I saw that, it kind of like made me tie a meaning to it where I came up with the concept of um, always pushing forward. So I, I tied that mission to the brand because it's the truth. I mean, it's, I get so emotional when I talk about this, ah, but it's, it's like, it's what it is. It's just to always keep, you know, pushing ahead. So it's my constant reminder basically. So I do describe it in our packaging. So when people, you know, get a package, they see it and we get so many like nice messages where people like, I needed that today. So I think it also just like spreads motivation and encouragement to other women mm. by the brand. I love that. That's so positive. That's such a light for people, but it's also just so real. It's just so raw that, you know, because I was going to ask you next too, just like how your confidence has changed because you were that girl. You were like, you know, I'm a failure after failure. I don't belong here. I'm in this school where I don't want to be. And so many young people are just told to, you know, do this, this way and go that route. And that equals success, but, but you broke against the grain. And then so I would imagine today you have, again, of course, with any business, there are challenges, but, but look at what you did, girl. That must feel good. It does. It, it does. I think 
the biggest thing is everybody starts with an idea and they feel like they don't know what to do or how to do it. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to normalize that that's exactly how it should feel and it shouldn't hold you back. Seven years ago, that was me. Seven years. I mean, today I still, I mean, there's so many things. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Like every, as you scale your business, it's a new business every year, every month, every week. It depends on how you're scaling and you find yourself in the same situation. And obviously when you make so many right decisions, the confidence naturally grows, but there's so many things I failed at and continue to fail at. And I have also realized that that's normal. It's part of the process. So I think it's important for anybody who wants to start something to just do it and know you're going to fail and know it's part of it. And it's never going to go away, no matter how successful you become. Yeah. And you just got to like, know, like, do you, you got to really like be true to yourself. If you're not an academic, don't be an academic, make the change. You know, so the biggest thing is like when people try to force their own journey or like path on you, of course you feel stupid because it's not what you're supposed to be doing. It's not what you're good at. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just different. I just think women entrepreneurs are so freaking cool because like even you just getting a little emotional. I had another guest on. Her name is Scout. I always cry, guys. Always. Ah! My team goes, don't cry this time. I go, guys. It's going to happen. It always does. Talk about emotional things and not get emotional. Some people just don't at all. Like, at least you're talking about it, right? I think that's what I don't like. I just get uncomfortable because my voice cracks a little bit. So I just hope y'all can hear like what I'm saying. It's me. I'm a cancer. Like, we're just very emotional. I just cry like by myself sometimes for no reason. I'm like, wait, what? I, I, I respect and get along and feel safer around people that cry versus those who can't. I mean, I think that's more of a problem. If you are incapable of tears, then that there, that might be a little work you need to do on yourself. Because what I started to say is I had Scout Sobel on the show and she wrote a book called The Emotional Entrepreneur. And it is mostly for women. And is it it's about shifting this mindset that's, you know, the, the systems that have been in place for so, so long where it's like, act like a man, behave like a man, you know, operate your business, like without your emotions so that you can win, so that you can speak and you have emotions. Yeah, exactly. And it's actually this shift in learning to lean in to what you're describing, lean into like, you know, that saying, oh, it's, it's not personal. It's business. It's not personal. Well, yeah, actually it is personal, but actually I've spent seven years with this. Actually, I, you know, did this out of my mom's bedroom with the ugly wallpaper and it's, I, it's all the blood, sweat and tears. Right. So it, it's good. I think it's such an asset. And, um, and, and I love that you shared that. I really, really do. Speaking of hard times, I'm curious, or maybe not for you, the pandemic. So many people, myself included, again, like my my business has changed so much because the world has changed so much. And I'm curious, are people shopping more? Are they jewelry? I hear actually may have done better through the pandemic. Is that true? And what did you have to make adjustments? What has the last year and a half been like for you? Yeah. So this is interesting because we were primarily a B2B business. So when I had first started to backtrack a a little bit, I was struggling with doing like a Shopify store and advertising because I didn't have the budget and I didn't really know how to reach the audience of 
being like direct to consumer. So I sold to a lot of stores. It was easier for me to connect with stores through Instagram or um, just walk in to a store in like the local area and sell my jewelry. So that's how I primarily started. And that was like the fundamental part of the business for a long time. And about eight months before COVID, we started dabbling in Facebook ads and trying to do the real B2C approach with proper legit marketing and going that route. And our business went from like 90% B2B to 90% B2C. And the blessing of that for us was that COVID hit eight months later, where if we would have still been selling to stores, so many of our stores closed. Some of our smaller boutiques, the one-offs, they had to shut down entirely because of COVID. I mean, a lot of businesses did. They were super effective. Even some of our larger stores struggled. So that part of the business definitely was affected. And what's scary to think is that if we were still doing business that way and we didn't have any you know, direct-to-consumer sales, we might have been out of business too. So we got really lucky with the, with the timing of us changing. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, like everyone else, when COVID happened and people were starting to work from home, I mean, I was prepping to lay off, you know, the few employees that I had taking a pay cut for myself. I mean, totally just packing up. I was mentally preparing myself for that. Like I'm sure everybody else was, and it was a roller coaster of emotions because you're right. We, we did do really well with jewelry. I think our price point has a lot to do with it where it's not super expensive. And I think people still wanted to feel nice and look nice. And, you know, we're not dead. I mean, we're just at home working from home and like kind of locked up. So, you know, I think jewelry was an easy way for people to accessorize on zoom. And again, the price point was affordable. So even if like everyone got a pay cut, you still wanted to treat yourself to like a $50 necklace, you could do that. So I think, you know, all of those things together, we weren't really affected by COVID in a negative way, thank God, mm. which was interesting. It, but again, I think it was the industry and the specific product and the, and the price point that contributed to that. Yeah. And here we are today, speaking of the pandemic, you and I were able to get together in August, we had our masks on, people were staying safe, but you did have to come cross country because as you know, and I should tell everybody listening, I mean, I've been wearing your jewelry for years now as just an individual personal fan. And then, you know, my stylist, Becca Gross, has been such a fan and would always pull your jewelry. So I would, you know, have it for, you know, days when I was on E or when I was doing photo shoots. And so it's just the way we collided, I think is just such an interesting story too, because for me, you know, and my business and my brand, you know, I've always, always, always wanted to do like a legitimate collaboration and I do digital stuff. And I obviously work with a lot of brands, but it's like, I want to like really curate something. And I do have, you know, the creative artist in me too. And I always get asked about my next even when you're not wearing my stuff, I'm like, I love her style. Thanks, Ellie. Thank you. I, I do love, I love getting dressed, you know, it's an expression of myself and I do, you know, I guess I, the more, you know, yourself, the better you get at expressing yourself. And thank you. That's very, very nice. But I do, I was getting asked a lot from a lot of my followers. I probably don't post enough fashion and jewelry stuff. Cause I do get asked about that though, the very most. And so I was like, I want to do something and same thing. I want to, I want to 
help design something really that I would love and wear myself. And then I also, it's important. The whole price point piece is really important. And, you know, to be completely frank, I had another, another jewelry company, like once upon a time, and it wasn't that long ago, they wanted to do something, but like literally sell a necklace for like $1,500. I was like, I just cannot do that. First of all, I can't even buy a $1,500 necklace. How am I going to even tell my audience to like, go do that? So, so we had connected and I had reached out and you were like, yeah, maybe we should do this. And before I knew it, we were, you know, your yes. That's so hot. Wait, I thought I sli- slid into yours. Did you slide into mine? We were, we were, we were definitely like chatting randomly, but no, I think we were flirting. I, yeah, we were, we were like tiptoeing. You know, we were flirting. I was trying to take her out. <laughs> no, I, I asked. I was like, "Would you want to do a collab?" And then you were like, "Yeah." And then I was like, "Wait, really?" This is amazing. I was like in the in the parking lot at Publix. I remember. I was like, "I'm just gonna ask her. I'm just gonna ask her out." And then I remember he like DM me back and then I like told my team, I was like, you guys, she said, yeah. I, I don't know awesome. why you're surprised. I'm like such a fan. Like, I had never done a collab either. So I was like, this is exciting. This is fun. Well, that's what's interesting. Cool is, yeah, that you hadn't done this before. And so the whole process was cool because just to give everybody the idea of how that works, you know, we sent creative back and forth over email and mood boards and I kind of instinctively always said, I'd always seen what I'm wearing now, our amazing baguette little choker. I'd always seen them on people, but say, I was like, where do you get a cool one? And how do you get one that isn't $5,000? You don't, unless it's EVJ times cap. Exactly. So then you're like, oh yeah, we got this. We got this. And you and your elves did your thing. And we went back and forth. And then, you know, the, the idea of a set came to be, and then the holidays sounded great. And so I just, ah, it is a little pinch me. I have gotten, I've been posting, I've been posting the images and and everything on social and on my newsletter. And everyone's like, oh, oh, this is good. Oh, this is real good. You did good. So the feedback has been amazing. What, what do you think of our two set offering for everybody. What do you like about it? Because you're, you're always creating. So what do you think stands out about our piece? I, well, I love this. I love the way it all happened. I think, you know, it was just so natural, um, which I love. And I think like the process where we both hadn't done it before, but we kind of knew what we both wanted. So I feel like it was just easy to just go back and forth and make something come alive. I love it. This is a huge trend right now, which is one of my favorites. It's, it's funny because it's not like a new trend, it's like blingy jewelry, you know, things come back and forth all the time, but it's, it's huge right now. And it's something, again, I've always wanted like a tennis bracelet or a tennis necklace. Like, yeah, right. Like keep dreaming. Right. But exactly. So I, I was almost hoping that you would, you know, go down that road and you did. And I was like, we are totally meant to be. We're so meant to be. Yeah. And then, you know, I did think about like the strategic aspect of it in terms of, you know, the business side with what I know from with our customers. So the set idea just made sense. And again, the price point, I think is amazing to be able to offer this for a gift for somebody for themselves or for somebody else. I think it's just perfect. And I've been wearing mine almost every day too. And then when people ask me, I'm like, way back in the day before we had even like decided on a launch date, I didn't even know how to like respond. I was like, thanks. It's not available yet. We didn't have any information yet, but I wanted to wear it every day. I know. It's so. 
Well, and you're wearing this gorgeous, like strapless sweater situation with yours. And you like have this very like chic look going on. I, that's what I love about it is because you can dress it up, but like, I'm just wearing this like green denim top. I love it with my sweatshirts, even and my tank tops. I'm wearing just, jeans. I'm wearing jeans, blue jeans. Yes. Just like little stuff. But you could a hundred percent wear it cash or walk through However. a leather. However, and another fun tidbit for everybody, like you really can layer them. So if you do have it in your budget to get multiples, like I'm wearing the two layered around my neck, which I love. And even for our amazing, you guys, we did this really cool photo shoot. I mean, that was one of the highlights of my year because I haven't been doing, I haven't been doing my, the glam version of me nearly as much. And I know most people haven't, but to go and shoot this with you and your team and our amazing photographer and all everybody. And, you know, we shot so many cool looks and we got to get super like, I just so enjoyed that. But you're, you're, we layer three that day. I mean, you can layer as many as you want and it just looks so. And that happened actually too. They were like twisting by accident. We were just like, wait, I love this. Yeah. I have my two bracelets on too. See, but the good news is, as this episode lands in people's ears, it's available. It's available. It's going to be available on our website, elliebalejewelry.com. There'll be a banner on the website. You'll be able to click, go directly to um, the product, and you can search it EVJ Times Cat on the website in the little search bar, and it'll come right up. Google it, EVJ Times Cat. It should pop up. Instagram is going to be all over there. You will not be able to unsee it. So you will be able to find it anywhere you want. I know shipping is everybody's concern right now because it's like, there's only so much we control can control this time of year, but is, is it possible they can get it before Christmas still? Yes. So we have holiday shipping guidelines. We're going to be doing UPS ground. So yeah, people are going to be able to get it in time. So in other words, that's what I'm saying. They're going to sell out, but yeah. I mean, if you're having the clarity. Yes. Exactly. You should be checking out now, like right now. Like, and yeah, be- we should just wrap this up. So then go wrap it up. Check out. <laughs> Type in EVJ times cat, add to cart, check out now, purchase, and you'll have it in time for the holidays. <laughs> I love that. Okay. And just lastly, we are doing a shopping event. So December 8th, we are, we'll put everything on social guys. And I'll also put it in the description here at the bottom of the episode but you can join us for that because we're going to go live. You'll be able to see the jewelry. You know, it won't just be in photos. We'll be showing it off. We'll be like really like going into detail about what we've done, why we've done it, how you can get it. So that is very soon too. That's the eighth. So join us for that because that's literally tomorrow if you're here on lunch. And then I also the ability to chat. So if anybody has any specific questions that they want answered to try something on a specific way, you'll be able to really have like a one-on-one shopping experience. We'll show you the packaging. So you'll be able to see how it comes with the gift set. It's so, so great to be able to do that, which again, was another amazing thing to do was offer like amazing packaging to be able to give something nice as a gift for the holidays. I think it's all about packaging and obviously what's inside. So yeah, definitely. And you can shower in it and you can wear just bed. I've slept in this and I I'm super comfortable. Like I'm, it's like totally. Oh yeah. We should probably touch on that. Well, we we spoke about the whole water resistant, you know, anti-allergy aspect. So everything's hypoallergenic. We use stainless steel 
And yeah, you can shower in it. You can sweat in it. You can go to the beach in it if you wanted to. I mean, some people are like, why do I want to shower with my jewelry on? Maybe you don't, but if you did, you could. So you, you literally wear it at all times. <laughs> I was like, should I wear this to hot yoga? Mm, I don't know. I could, but you could. Uh, you exactly. could. Why, why do I want to bathe with my jewelry on? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Be the queen that you are. Dripping. And the choice is the choice options. Options. Dripping. Well, I am so proud of what we have come up with. I am especially satisfied because you and your team, everybody's been so great to work with. And go freaking female founders. Go. Yeah girls. And, um, I just rule the world. I will continue to support you. I'm so glad that, that my audience here on it sure is a beautiful day is getting to know you better. And if they weren't familiar with, with your gorgeous jewelry before they are now. So thank you, Ellie, so much. And I'm so happy. I'm really glad that we were able to work together again. It was important for me to be able to even want to do a collab with somebody who like genuinely likes the line. It's so easy to put, you know, with press, like slap something on somebody who doesn't know the brand or doesn't even really like it. Maybe. I mean, you truly love the brand way before. And I just think that that's just super authentic and genuine. And I love, that's what I love so much about being able to work with you, that it's, it's something that we truly both believe in and that Kat has been wearing way before she and I launched this. So um, so true. Yeah. She's actually just reminding me. Of one cry. Stop, guys. Oh, yes. She's crying again. Hey, but you're not pregnant, are you? Oh, God. I don't know. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. But it, you want to know why I'm not? Because it's that time of the month, guys. That's why I'm emotional. Oh, that's why she's crying. I don't understand. I just remembered one question I wanted to ask you, which was because I, I kind of glossed over, but. I have worn your things, but like actual A-list celebrities have ended up in your jewelry. Like, w- like when that first started happening yeah. for you, who were some names and when did you like actually shit your pants? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I actually literally shit my pants. <laughs> Awkward. I was just so excited. Kendall Jenner was the first major celebrity. And yeah, I mean, we had hired Tata, who you pull from all the time, or your stylist does, and who styled our collab, which the outfits, the whole look, guys, I mean, again, amazing. We hired Tata, and like two weeks later, Kendall, like they just casually were like, here's Kendall Jenner wearing your stuff. I was like, what? Excuse me. It was like 8 a.m. in the morning. I was just, I, I just sprung up out of bed and was like, Irish dancing and like weird, I don't know, weird shit was happening. I was just freaking <laughs> out. I like totally just let loose and I don't know what happened. I don't remember. I blacked out, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. That was monumental because it's just like credibility that again, allows you to push forward. And it just makes everything else a lot easier when you're like, you know what? Kendall Jenner wore my stuff. Everything's going to be okay. And I just did a collab with Kat Sadler. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, well, you are sweet. Well, maybe this is the first of, of many to come. We, we shall see. Don't know. All right. Well, happy holidays. I'm going to see you soon. 
Everybody keep it dialed. More to come. Get yours. Style yourself in them. Tag us both on social media so then we can keep sharing with everybody just how dope this is. So lots of love, Ellie. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.